Welcome to the number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. This is where we explore the journey from no one to number one. All right, here we are. Number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. Hope you guys had a killer weekend. I know I did. I uh, flew out to Vegas. What's up, Gorilla Blanco? JYD Loyalty, Seth Nocturnal, Joey Mids, JYD. Happy to see you guys. Uh, uh, Nature Boy, what's up, bro? Uh, so, yeah, I had a killer weekend. Uh, JYD Loyalty, starting a brand for women. All right, dude. Women love to buy shit. That's a great idea. Uh, so, yeah, I had a great, I had a great weekend. Went out to Vegas just to do a podcast. So, and then while I was there, I ended up doing a great podcast with my buddy, um, uh, Matt Granahan had, had, a, uh, him and Jack Kirby. We had a great, it was the old school shooters podcast. If you want to watch that, I just went off on, uh, on wrestling and the relationship between MMA pro wrestling, that kind of stuff. It was a great podcast. We had a good time. Very knowledgeable guys. Jack's a pro wrestling promoter. Um, Matt is a longtime guy in and out of pro wrestling, grappling, MMA, and stuff like that. So, uh, super good guy. Um, but I did that podcast and then I jumped on, I went to the win. I actually flew all the way to Vegas to do this. My buddy, I just met him. Great guy. Great guy. Jack O'Hara has the show called the O show, like O'Hara, the O show. And this young cat interviews like um, entrepreneurs. I think he's had David Meltzer uh, on there, uh, you know, the sports management guy. Uh, he, he was telling me who else. He had a bunch of SNL actors on. He's had some big names. And he invited me to come on. And we just riffed. He loves wrestling. So we just went off. It was really a great weekend. And then yesterday was my youngest, Billy, who's named after Billy Robinson, in case you don't know. My youngest, it was his 11th birthday. And man, he had a killer weekend. Uh, I was able to get him a, um, a crested gecko. I mean, I, and it was amazing, actually. This was totally magical. Do you guys know what a crested gecko is? They're really cool. But uh, I went into the lizard store just looking. And my daughter said, we should go and look. And I said, okay. So I took my, my boy and my daughter. And we went and looked at this lizard shop. It's in town. And we're there. And I asked the lead, the, the, the girl at the desk i'm like hey man we need a crested gecko and she just like didn't even say anything i'm kind of like what is this weird shit and she walked us over to this other group of people and they were like talking about crested geckos long story short the guy who was another customer in the store his name was kale like kale sanderson a uh, great guy man like i guess there was some mistake and because of the laws you can't return a certain animal or something happened and um, he was like, dude, I have to get these other ones. It's no big deal. Do you want this one? It's a $175 lizard, man. He's like, do you want it? And I was like, holy crap. Are you serious right now? And my young boy is like almost tearing up with like this wonderful display of just human kindness. I was like, dude, I, I got to pay you something, man. Like, you got, I can't let you do that. Uh, it was amazing. And dude, I wasn't going to turn it down because I still ended up spending like $800 on this biosphere shit, like hydro balls and everything, you know, like trees and misters and all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad, but it was just amazing. It was truly amazing. So my son got a, this really cool 
crested gecko. And then uh, uh, he got a, uh, his aunt, who works with my wife and I in our uh, software company, um, got him in like a, an electric skateboard, dude. It's like the Tesla of skateboards. It's the coolest thing. You just jump on it. And as you kick, the motor maintains whatever speed you go. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like you don't need behave tools. It's just, it's really cool. It's got like these sensors. So when you step off, it stops putting the juice. And when you step on, it maintains that speed. Super cool, man. And then he got like this Nerf Gatlin gun. I don't know if you guys, anyway, great weekend. Super weekend. I hope you guys, what'd you guys do? Did you do anything fun over the weekend? I was jet setting, having birthday parties. It was fun, man. I had a good time. Oh, and my boy, Nathan San Nicholas. He's been in the coaching catch program. He trains at our first American affiliate, Vern Irwin's gym, Coach Vern, who runs V10 training here in uh, Aurora, Colorado. He's our first American affiliate. We now have 12. And I got I made some deals this week, you guys. If you're hesitating on the affiliation, don't. I'm just, I'm not, this is not a sales pitch. I'm just saying, I'm going to blow past 100 affiliates this year. I've been working on some crazy deals. And the thing is, is it ratchets. So the more affiliates I get, the more expensive it gets. So get in now. The first eight got in for 8,000. The next crew, because we haven't hit 15, when we hit 15, it's going to go to 15,000. Right now it's 10,000. You could start with 24.95 down payment at 225 a month. You will not find a better value, a better price, a better return. This is sick. Anyway, um, our first affiliate, Vern Earwood, great guy, great guy. He's been in the scientific wrestling family forever. He actually ran the very first camp that we did with uh, Wade Chalice and Josh Barnett. I think it was 2016 or so. Uh, so he's been around for a minute and he's a, he's a legend locally. But Nathan had his MMA fight. And since he's been with us doing the scientific wrestling thing, he has not lost the last fight he won with great wrestling. This one, I was like, dude, we need to get your conditioning up so you could just put the pressure on him with your conditioning. And, and Burn is like one of the top boxing coaches as well. So we're just hitting him from both sides. Long story short, Nathan from Scientific Wrestler Affiliate Gym V10 now holds the record for the fastest knockout in Colorado State history. Awesome performance. Awesome performance. Super proud. Uh, so, yeah, dude, this weekend was definitely one for the record books. What'd you guys do, man? Hit me up in the chat. Everybody's all dead out there. I got, I got almost 20 people on here, and, and everybody's dead. Uh, between YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, did you guys have a good weekend, man? So I want to talk today. I know I'm getting crazy about wrestling, and I always get crazy about wrestling. It's very easy to pull me off my, my subject matter. Today, I want to talk about why sales is the most important skill in business. There's all these other skills that you have to master. I'm not saying you only need sales. Don't get that. I'm saying it's the most important. It's the most fundamental. Get good at this first. Why? Why is sales the most important scale, skill in business? If you guys want to throw some in the chat, you got to guess. I'm going to lay it out right now. Again, that's how we communicate. You want to say something, I will read your thing until I can figure out how to do how I used to with my uh, live two-way talk show. 
But uh, for now, this is how we've got to do it. You can hit me up in the chat. If you like what we're doing, give me a number one. Remember, this is the number one podcast where we talk about going from no one to number one. Um, why? Why is sales the most important skill in business? Why do you think? Hmm? Well, it's not something most people think about. The most important skill is sales. It's not finance. It's marketing. I, I might say might be a close second, but I'm saying you have to do this fundamentally first. You have to understand this first. And it's not even leadership. Okay? Without it, you're going to go nowhere because you'll have no money. And that's the purpose of business is to make a living delivering value to other people. You take care of yourself and you take care of other people. What's up? Oh, well, Luna Fart. Happy to see you, brother. Hope to see you at camp. Uh, trust. Now, trust is crucial to sales, but it is sales. Sales and most, and trust is what sales is about. Because if you're one of these freaking fly-by-night people, you're never going to do it. Right? So what is it that separates the people that win versus the people that lose in business? It is selling. Sales, 100%. Most important skill in business that you got to tackle first. Because if you don't have it, you are going to struggle. You will be a statistic. Now, I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a salesperson. I don't like selling. Okay? Dude, I hate to break it to you, but every single person on this planet is a salesperson. Whether you are selling a, a product, you're selling a service, you're selling ideas, you're selling where to go to dinner with your significant other, you are constantly selling whenever you are dealing with people. Like Grant says, one of the best books ever written on this subject, sell or be sold. You are either selling at all times when you're dealing with people or you're being sold on something when you're dealing with people. Okay? If you don't know how to actually sell, you haven't taken the time to train and study, you're going to have a very hard time convincing people to buy what you're selling. And again, that could be where to go for dinner. <laughs> you might suck at sales and you're not getting what you want out of life. Does that make sense? Because it's not just about closing deals, right? It is about building relationships. This is what Hobo Lunafart was saying. It's about trust. Because that trust is established when you understand what somebody needs. Or what somebody wants. And then you've got a way to help them get what they need or they want. This is value. That's what value means. And sometimes selling is about showing people that they need what you're selling and they may not know it. Okay. I have been selling wrestling for 30 years. <laughs> As a pro wrestler selling it for you pro wrestling people, no, know what I mean? Or as a grappler trying to take the legitimate parts of professional wrestling, that is catch is catch can, competitive professional wrestling, and just knocking on BJJ, MMA, uh, Krav Maga, all these different doors and saying, guys, you need what I'm selling. I, you just don't know about it. That's why I've had to write tens of 10,000 or more pages on this subject when it comes to the books, blogs, 
posts I've made online, the thousands of people I have coached to convince them that what I am selling, you need. And this is with anything, man. We do this with our software. We go to amusement parks and water parks, family entertainment centers, museums, even casinos, ski resorts, anybody that has ticketing. And we're like, dude, I can help you. I am almost sure. That's because I know this business. Like I said, you got to know the customer and what they need and want. I know this. I know what you need. We've been doing this in the software business for 30 years as well. I know this subject. I can help you. I can definitely help you. And I'm going to bring you more money than you give me. That's called a return on investment. Okay. So you've got to really understand that, right? That is why sales is important in business because without sales, you have no customers. And without customers, you don't have a business. It's that simple, dude. It is about relationships. Hobo Luna Fart says, why is sales looked at in a negative way? I.e. con man, uh, uh, madman. Because there are sleazebags. But the, dude, this is like, um, okay, can I just tell you something? Any subgroup of human beings has sleazebags and you can't judge the group by a few bad apples, right? So cops, there are bad cops, okay? But there are also good cops. Do we judge all of them? Guess what? Gay people. There are some fucking scumbag piece of SH, you know what, gay people. And then there are some freaking gay people that are flipping stinks. But do I judge them all? No. This goes for any weird arbitrary subgroup that you could pick. Jewish people, hairdressers, uh, wrestlers, boxers, handicapped people. Like, well, I don't care what the, that is just human nature. So unfortunately, sometimes, yeah, there are piece of crap salespeople and some of, you know, how like NLP and all these manipulative methods go in, it doesn't help. It don't help. Like, I know that shit like the back of my hand and I abandoned it because I think it's creepy and, and manipulative and I don't like it, right? So I think that it's, it's important. This is why what you brought up, Hobo Luna Fart, about trust, that is the number one thing, dude. Number one thing in sales, right? So the problem is most people suck at sales. They don't know how to talk to people. They don't know how to solve problems. They don't know how to be persistent in a way that doesn't come off pushy. They don't know how to overcome objections, which most time objections aren't actually objections. They're just people complaining. People love to complain. And they don't know how to close. They don't know how to just ask for the freaking money. So you, add, it's like anything. It's the same thing with wrestling. I, I train people in wrestling. I train people in sales, how to make more money. That's it. That's what I've done. That's what I do. And then all the ancillary stuff that comes with it that you learn in 30 years of doing something. Does that make sense? So it doesn't have to be that you suck at sales or that you got bad vibes. You got it. It's all mental, dude. You've got to learn. You can learn these things. You could train yourself to not fail. You can, in fact, train yourself to succeed in anything. 
That's why coaches have existed. You know the definition of the word coach, the etymological history, the root of the word goes back to like a stagecoach, like a car. It's meant to get you from point A to point B. That's it. They could call a coach a car, but I ain't a car. I'm a freaking jet. I'm a bullet train. I'm going to get you there quicker. That's what I do. That's why we call our wrestling camps accelerator camps. Make sense? Oba Lunafard says, good points. Thank you, brother. Again, I need to see you. And this is sales, but off of building a relationship and not me. I'm going to make you better wrestling. You have come to my camp. You know this. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's worth it, right? So anyway, thank you, Hobo Lunafart. appreciate that, brother. Um, when you do learn, whether you're training in wrestling or grappling or you're training in business and sales, that's when things change, man. You start to see opportunities instead of obstacles. Right now, most of you guys in grappling that don't come from a wrestling background, you absolutely suck at takedowns. But you come to camp and I show you this stuff or you get my instructional off of BJJ Fanatics. Now, all of a sudden, you see opportunities where once there was only obstacles. This goes with sales training. This goes with marketing training. This goes with business development, which is the nexus where marketing, sales, and operations all come together, right? That's my jam. When you learn this, you start building these quality rep, uh, relationships with people that pay you money because you're providing them with something that is important to them. Relationships that can last an entire lifetime. Okay? And this is how you build a business that isn't just successful. It is successful, but also is fulfilling. And you're proud of it. Okay? so. If you want to be successful in business, if you want to win, you have to learn to sell. It is the fundamental number one ththing you need to know first. First, you got to figure that part out. And I'll help you, even if you don't have your own business, maybe you do have a sales job. Maybe you don't even work in sales. But guess what? If the company you work for doesn't sell, you don't have a job, even if you're cleaning toilets. So you need to be able to make these cases and do so in a good way. This is going to be a key, literally a key that you use to open a door that you couldn't get past. Okay, so that's it. That's you got all of it right there, folks. Sales is the number one most important skill that you can have in business. Okay. Hey guys, it's Coach Jake with the number one podcast. And, you know, at number one coaching, we know that small business owners struggle to scale and increase their revenues. So we're here to help you. We believe that every single entrepreneur deserves the chance to win beyond their wildest dreams so that they can have peace of mind and abundance. We do that by Increasing your revenue, teaching your sales strategies to increase your revenue, demolishing employee disengagement. And we do that really by transforming your sales managers into coaches that are concerned with putting points on the board, but those points are revenue. 
I want to help you. I'm here to help you. You don't have to go through your business life complacent, just accepting, reacting. Let's take charge. Let's win. You can head over to numberonecoaching.com, schedule an appointment. It's free. We can do a strategy session, 15 minutes for free. Numberonecoaching.com. Thanks. And if you don't have it, you are going to struggle, okay? But if you do, literally, the sky is the limit of what you can do. So let's go out there and start selling. Hit me up. I will help you. I will help you. It's what I do. Frankie Bay, what's up? Out on Instagram. No, on Facebook. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, sir. Sorry, I didn't see that comment until now. Oh, look, man. I, somebody jumped on our Twitch and is offering us. They're selling us. Look, hey, I want to offer a promotion to your channels. <laughs> He's selling marketing to me. Good, good on you, dude. I, got, I don't got no problem. All you people get annoyed with salespeople. You got the wrong attitude. That's why you suck at sales. Because you don't like salespeople. And then that gets into your own head. You create your own objections. The only excuse that you take from other people, hey man, buy my stuff. Oh, I can't because I gotta talk to my wife. Oh, I can't because I don't got no money. I don't that's the thing. You only take that excuse and stop pushing and saying, no, what I got is the best thing for you, because it's the same excuse that you take, or the one that you take is the one that you're making to other people. You say the same excuse. Oh, I I gotta ask my wife or my partner. I gotta do you? You gotta ask your wife to go take a crap. You gotta ask your wife if you're gonna eat a hamburger. Like every sale, like no, you don't. I know you don't. I know you're lying. So I ain't afraid to push. And people like you know what? Maybe some people you're too. But what I find is that this helps me qualify people too to see if people are serious or not. And stop wasting my time. Stop chasing after a client for years and years and years if they're not real. But you got to know the difference. And this is why you got to push. And you got to learn these tricks. Okay? Hope that helps you guys. Uh, so what is going on in your world, people? What is going on? You know, I this weekend, again, I love wrestling. I can't help myself. This weekend, Scientific Wrestling Affiliate Fight Gym down in Phoenix, Full coach, guy earned his full coach. We got a couple of his people about to hit assistant coach. Gil, all of us with uh, Black Flag Submission Company down in Arizona. He's running King Catch this weekend, doing what we do, man. He's got some cool, innovative rules. There's going to be tag teams. If you're drivable and Arizona, you know, Phoenix is like four hours from Southern California, you should think about getting out there, uh, testing yourself, have a good time. Meet like-minded people. That's how this stuff works. And then the next weekend, at the end of March, like two weeks from now, we're doing the coaching catch uh, camp, accelerator camp. So if if it stung a little bit when I said you suck at takedowns, come on out. If you don't know how to stay on top and all you know is how to fight somebody with, with your legs wrapped around somebody, I'll teach you other things, okay? So uh, Hobo Luna Fard says, I think I had a mental block about it. I had two clinics that didn't go well. Never did uh, sales and marketing. Well, dude, come on out, man. I mean, we will be out in Pinion Hills as well. We already ran the San Diego camp. We're halfway through, dude. So um, opportunities are running out. 
and there's always so much time. There's always so much uh, time you have as a wrestler too, as a grappler. Just say it. And, and you never know, dude. I had no idea my ticket would get punched early with this uh, carotid dissection. I had no idea. And I wish I had more time on the match. And I seriously, it was ridiculous. That's all I did. I ran gyms. I like, pursued it <laughs> so I could do this. And it got taken away. I have circumstances outside my control. One other thing I want to talk about, you know, is this Silicon Valley Bank situation. I, you can, hopefully you've heard about it. I, I don't think anybody can miss it. Uh, from what I understand, it is the second biggest bank collapse. Uh, Lehman Brothers in 2008 just happened. It seems like. Uh, was bigger. And now... Most of Silicon Valley is freaking out because, you know, we've all heard this statistic that the, um, the number one reason, you know, most businesses fail in their first 10 years. It's like over 90%. You can go Google that. How many businesses fail in the first 10 years? It's over 90%. And the number one reason listed is undercapitalization. What the hell does that even mean? I know what it means, but it's like jargony, right? And if you're not, uh, you don't have a master's degree in math, financial math like me or something, or you haven't worked in business or finance or whatever, you don't, what does undercap means? They don't got enough money. And there's three ways for your business to get money. You can go into debt, which this is what most, a lot of them do. That's why this problem with Silicon Valley bank and the tech sector is big. Because there were a lot of companies. I think Roku had something like $400 million with Silicon Valley Bank that they ain't getting out. Which is another thing why you don't want your money sitting in banks. You want to invest your money. Don't leave your money in the bank. This is the perfect reason why. Okay, this is also why Bitcoin goes up. Bitcoin loves all these banking problems that are endemic because of the manipulation and the bullshit with you know, this hybrid, it's really fascism, but this state capitalism, I, I'm not a fan of state capitalism. It's very much more socialistic, more fascist. I like laissez-faire capitalism where there's a separation of, like there's a separ separation of church and state. There's a separation of business or corporations and state with laissez-faire. And we don't have that. And we haven't had that in well over a hundred years. And live for sure not since the civil war that, that far ago. And then after that, it was just, there was a few chinks in the armor and man, then it just like snowballed. Do we, that civil war led to the first income tax. So messed up civil war, uh, led to, um, uh, the federal reserve. I mean, it's awful. So uh, eventually, you know, it happened within like 25 years or something, 30 years. So the point is, is, with these banks, I know like a lot of you guys might be freaked out and I understand it's hard. I do. I just had to give a, a, a you know, our morning meeting to the software company, to the team. And I want you to understand something. It's so much about, about this is mindset. When there is a recession or a depression, that is merely a signal that you need to 
charge. You need to attack. That is not the time to retreat. You need to do two, three, ten times what you do during those times. Because do you know, during the Great Depression, there were more millionaires made during the Great Depression than any other time in history. So which side do you want to be on? The guys make, being millionaires or these other guys jumping out of their buildings, right? Like that was happening also. This is really a time for you to charge forward. And I know, I'm not saying it's easy, but we, you know, and this is also where you got to kind of, you know, the founding fathers, man, like they were not perfect humans and it was a really messed up time. I get all that. I don't, I don't really want to get, I want to talk about what they did do. That was right. They did bad things. We all know that. But again, just like there's good and bad people inside of people, people make every single one of us have done bad, stupid shit that we regret, or maybe you're a psychopath and you don't regret it, but everybody's done good and bad stuff. It's just like you're fooling yourself if, if you don't think that about yourself. But, you know, what are the good things that you've done? And hopefully we keep our focus on that so you do more of them. Well, the founding fathers, man, like when these politicians try to get in and, and try to do what they're doing today, I mean, listen, I am not a Trump helper. I don't like Trump. I don't like Biden. I don't like any of them. None. And I haven't. None of them. All of them are gross. All of them are disgusting. Politics is trash. I don't even touch it with a tip of pole, except we need to fight to keep them out of our business. Literally, our personal business and our professional business and our financial business. You have to do that. We need to really seriously consider how do we end the Federal Reserve Bank? How do we stop occupational licensing? How do we get rid of the income tax? Those three things. If we could do that, all of this stuff would go away and it wouldn't keep happening like 2008. And now, and over 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 again, ridiculous, with us struggling to barely make ends meet. But the problem is, is our system, as stupid as it sounds, is basically run off of a popularity contest. I would never, ever choose leadership for myself or leadership for people I care via popular, uh, popularity contest. And somehow we've, enshrined and institutionalize this and oh you know you hear the choir sing when people say democracy it's kind of a shit system but what i'm not saying totalitarianism or anything else i'm saying freedom how about we just leave most people alone because most people are good and we have a little tiny government to take care of the little tiny subgroup of people that are douchebags 10th uh nature board 10th planet says we need mental self-defense.com stickers well Okay, so mental self-defense, I love that. And I just actually wrote an article. If you guys go over to medium.com, uh, it's a good blogging platform. Yeah, I wrote an article uh, just yesterday about mental self-defense. Now, that was the name of my old radio show, right? So maybe uh, let's get some number one stickers because that's what I'm pushing these days. I think it's more important uh, to try to be number one. Number, let's try to be number one in freedom. You see how just if I say I am going to be number one in freedom, liberty, opportunity, abundance, that's different than being defensive. I'm actually getting out there and getting it. So um, I'm talking about mindset and language and uh, 
altering the way you think. Um, mental self-defense, though, really is, as I defined it based on my old radio show and coining the term and, and using the term, is really a combination of a few things. And it, it, it actually works real well with this subject today because I kept banging on this idea that training is going to be the key. So you may suck at sales. You may suck at wrestling. You may suck at basketball. You may suck at all kinds of things. You may be one of these people who fell for the mandates and the lockdowns. I'm not judging you. I'm just being like most people did. I didn't. From day one, I was like, push it back. Vocal. I can share with you. You find my tweets. You can find whatever. 100%, my position has not changed at all. I've known this is all bullshit. All of it. But how? How did I... How did I predict that the Tea Party would be taken over? All these other predictions. I wrote in 2009 in my anomaly book about medical fascism. And here we are. How did I do that? Because it's not psychic ability, in my opinion. Maybe it is, but I don't think it is from being inside my own mind. I can tell you what the process was. The process was when I was in my early 20s, I was training my mind or mental self-defense. I didn't have a name for it. And the first thing I learned, now I came of age before the, the internet really blew up and I was training in this. So when the information came, I knew how to vet it. Okay. The first thing that I studied was what is known as informal fallacies. Informal fallacies. This is the first step. I think I've done a show on this prior. This is the first step of mental self-defense training. You need to know what an ad hominem attack is. You know what? You need to know what appeal to authority. That's why when experts say shit, I'm like, so let me look at the data. I know how to vet it. Now, the informal fallacies is the first step. That will get you very far. And in fact, I would say that's 80% of what you need. But you want to get crazy freaky like I can get where you could see things that maybe other people can't see. And again, it's, I think it's a trainable skill is once you master the informal fallacies, that's, that's a form of deductive reasoning in logic, in thinking, in, what, in the study of how we know what we know. Epistemology is, is the broader subject in philosophy, okay? The informal fallacies, informal logic, different than formal logic, which is like syllogisms, okay? Antecedent, causing all these kind of things. That's different. So your first step, your first step is studying informal fallacies so you don't fall for them. Your second step is then following formal fallacies. You need to nail down what's known as deductive reasoning. That's it. Okay. So mental self-defense is really sure. <laughs> what happened. I, I can see why people do it in grappling. I'm repackaging old ideas and making them relevant today. Okay. The old ideas are all in Greek philosophy, except you had to move and bump board to kind of the Scottish Enlightenment and David Hume, and then move into, once you master deductive reasoning, move into inductive reasoning. So deductive reasoning is how do I logically follow ideas in a chain so that there's no break in the logic, okay? 
inductive reasoning is how do I make the best generalization from a large data set? This is where you have to start understanding statistics. Okay. Now, you don't have to go deep dive into statistics. In fact, what I think for the base bare minimum, if I were to give a black belt or a gold medal or whatever for mental self-defense, once you have deductive reasoning, informal and formal uh, logic understood, then you start getting into inductive reasoning, okay? At that point, you need to really understand type one errors, false negatives. I'm sorry, false, false positives, that's a type one and type two, which are false negatives. And what happens is these people who you see claim to be skeptics, oh, I'm a member of the skeptic society, blah, 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 blah. They might have the inductive reasoning. They might have the deductive reasoning, and they might even understand false positives, type one errors. But they miss the type two errors. And the type two errors, this is where Dr. John Ioannidis who's another guy from day one, had the number of this whole lockdown bullshit dialed, but he got marginalized. Uh, type two errors is what he had brought up prior to all this. There's something known as a replication crisis in science, in particular psychology. And don't even get with me on psychiatry. It's not a science. But psychology in particular they couldn't replicate all the things they were saying in these journals that they had tested. And they, it's called a replication. That's the baseline science. It's, you say something scientific, I should be able to run that same experiment independently and get the same results. Okay? Well, they weren't happening. And the reason it wasn't happening is a subtle point within the type 2 literature about a concept known as R-squared uh, statistical significance. More importantly, how do you measure that? And that measure is known as statistical power. I write about this all the time. I try to put it in the language, like the English language instead of mathematical language so people understand it. This is what the whole theme of my 2009 book, Anomaly, was really about, was about how do you not miss, how do you not make type two errors? Because we've got all this other stuff sewed up. Let's take it to this last final step. That's mental self-defense. So anyway, I hope that helps, guys. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, no other comments, guys. Is that, is that it? Is that it for you guys? You guys know everything? I don't know everything. Maybe teach me some. Um, or guys, this weekend, get out to Arizona, King of Catch, uh, at Black Flag Submission Company. Go to, uh, on Instagram, go to uh, at, and then az.catchwrestling. That'll take you all the info. They got the sign-up link there. Definitely get to the uh, Coaching Catch camp it's gonna be me sam crescent gil all of us all of us full coaches um dude i guarantee you man this is gonna blow your mind especially if you don't if you come from strictly like a jiu-jitsu or that was the way you came in to grappling it's fantastic and if you're a wrestler we will definitely accelerate you we accelerate everybody but in particular if you come in from wrestling dude we're gonna blow you up because we're not gonna make you unlearn all the fantastic things you've trained to learn submissions because you have to get underneath and wrap your legs around another grown man. We don't do that. You can do that at your place. We don't do that. <laughs> um, Nature Point 10th Plan, have a good day. Talk soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for the number one. Appreciate the comments.
um, guys, head on out there. We're bumping up on the 40 minutes. I do try to keep this to 20, but yeah, I'm all fired up. So uh, I really appreciate all you guys. Hit me up in the DMs if I can help you, if I can help you with sales. Uh, no matter what you're doing, I can help you. I've done it in, a, in from everything from fitness to fintech, financial technology. I can help you. Software, like all of that, I've helped. Uh, whiskey distilleries helped. Uh, uh, funeral, uh, pre-need funeral sales, like whatever I could do to help you guys, I am here to do that, okay? Uh, and again, obviously with the grappling thing. Dude, we got so much exciting stuff coming. I cannot wait. I can't tell you until the ink is dry on some of these things, but man, like we are just blowing up. This is as much of it as it's going to be a hard year for so many people. And I do sympathize and feel bad. It ain't going to be that way for us. We are like, like I'm, I'm one of those guys that's planning on being a millionaire through the, through the recession. So uh, guys, hit me up if I can help you. Always here. Otherwise, thank you so much. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the number one podcast. I am your host, Coach Jake. And as ever, please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it, pass it along, hit like, all that, smash the like button, whatever. Please help us get the word out. My mission is to help as many people as possible. Head over also to numberonecoaching.com. We are here to help you with your small business, help it succeed, help it grow, and help you thrive and become number one.